Welcome to the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the future of farming, food, and nutrition. Kentucky native, in fact, Lexington native, Brian Lawless is the business development manager for Alltech in North America. His passion is discovering and delivering solutions for sustainable nutrition of plants, animals, and people. His topic at this year's conference has to do with people in general and what's been happening to the way we dine in particular. We thank you for joining us, Brian. Glad to be here. So let's begin with a, a broad question. What's the role of food in culture? Well, I think when we look at it, we kind of we ask the question, how should we think about food? What should we look at uh, in regards to food? And, and it's funny, it, you know, Alltech is an animal health and nutrition company. So the basic answer is to say, oh, it's nutrition. That, that's where it is. But if you look at actually the Latin word for nutrition, it's actually the same word that we get when we look at to nurture. Mm -hmm. And so when I think, and I can ask that question, I try to think, is the way we produce food actually nurturing societies, nurturing culture in such a way that we can grow? And that's been fun for me to look at the last little bit. The, the shared family meal uh, used to be a given. It was an ideal. Breakfast and lunch have always been a little iffy because of daily schedules. Uh, but supper time has for generations been a family's chance to sit down and break bread together while catching up on the day. What's happened to that tradition? It's not going so hot. Uh, I guess really the last 30 years, um, we've seen, I guess the last 20 years in particular, we've seen a 33% decline uh, in family meals. And I think there's obviously people saying, all right, I have sports to get to. If you have kids, I have a job that I may work. You may have both parents working. Um, you have all these situations where food then becomes a bit of an afterthought. Um, and I think then going back to that nurturing question of, well, if we're eating, we may be eating in the car. And that's probably the, the culture we see right now working our way back from a very communal food culture to very much a individual food culture. And I think that that's a challenge because then it kind of isolates and separates the way we eat. And I think that's just not the intent. It's not the way we were supposed to eat. And as we've moved away from this nightly gathering around the table, what's been the social impact on kids? For kids, it's, it's big. I mean, just even from a timing standpoint, we, we dialed back 60 years. A meal was 90 minutes. So you get there, you'd set the table, you'd sit down with your family. And today the average meal stems anywhere from about seven to 11 minutes. And I think the biggest thing we're missing is the ability to connect. But there's these very obvious triggers and the data supports us that kids who get a meal with their parents three or more times a week are 40% more likely to do well in school. Um, they're actually more likely to eat more vegetables, drink less soda, have a more uh, balanced diet in terms of both sodium and fat. Uh, and then also not in, engage in some high-risk behaviors like drugs or um, tobacco. So all these signs saying you're eating with your family it has not a direct connection to any of those things, but has a very altering effect on what your uh, activities would be. And even when we're together these days, smart devices have a way of intervening. They do. Uh, and, and I'd say you need to be conscious of, of what's going on. And, you know, me, I'm a millennial I use technology, I engage with it, but I think we need to make that choice to say, hey, if it's during a meal, I mean, I, I constantly, when I'm with a friend getting a meal, and it could be sitting down at my house or you go out to a restaurant, either leave the phone in the car, set the phone face down, do something to where technology is not in the way. I, I really think there's a power to actually connecting, trying to tell stories, actually engaging with what's going on. And you just, you can't get that with social media. You can't get that with a phone or a TV. I think you just touched on this a couple of minutes ago, but let's drill down into it. Are we eating alone in greater numbers more frequently? And what are the consequences of that? 
So yeah, we, we absolutely are. So 46% of adult meals now are eaten uh, by themselves. And, and I think that's, uh, I think what a part of a, what I would call a meta narrative that's kind of going on in our food industry. The food industry essentially is telling us food needs to be convenient. It needs to be available anywhere, anytime. And the way we think about food is in terms of efficiency is, is what they say. And, you know, efficiency meaning how quickly can I go from a state of being hungry to a state of being full? And, and during that time that you're eating, how can I be entertained? Can I watch TV? Um, can I be looking at my phone? All that because we live these well called quote unquote busy lives. And, and Frankly, I don't like that. I think that's where the narrative is trying to drive us and where I would encourage folks and kind of where, where some of the thoughts I've had lately are going are, how do we engage with that and engage with it in a different way? Kind of rewrite uh, that narrative because I, I believe we have a choice. You know, the, what, what this has all left us with is actually more options. When, when things are convenient, that means more things are convenient. When things are efficient, that means you can then choose to engage with things a different way. And so what I've yeah, really, really been kind of trying to process this. Okay, what does that uh, look like? Because I think there's both unintended consequences and kind of some unexpected opportunities uh, that come when you actually engage with food in a way that is nurturing as opposed to just firstly nutritious. How about the the meal bundling concept? I'm thinking of Blue Apron or HelloFresh, mm-hmm. which has brought back the possibility of being able to work a full day and come home. You're tired, but... They've made it possible to make a meal mm-hmm. that would be conducive to bringing everybody around the table. Have those made a big difference? He, they have, and I think we'll still see more of what they look like. But I think that's it's it's a great step. It's probably not the ideal. You know, you'd say, "Are right, you work off the the you know the pinnacle of you know going to the store, picking something that, that you want, and taking it home?" Yeah, sure. But if that's not a reality, I think something like Blue Apron is a great alternative because it allows you to get home. It uses technology. It uses this convenience now in a way that's advantageous for you to then connect with someone. And I think that's, again, going back to that communal language uh, of saying, look, I- I've cooked this, I've prepared it. And and I think that unexpected opportunity kind of comes with the Blue Apron is, you know, say you get this great marinated chicken and you completely burn it. You know, that, that, that that's not good. That's not the ideal. But all of a sudden, as you serve it, you have a story to tell to say, hey, sorry, I'm going to learn how to cook this better next time. And I think those are those moments, those glimmers you get into actually being human uh, that sometimes gets lost when we, we isolate ourselves and just get some McDonald's. Well, as you also mentioned earlier, we know that the fundamental purpose of food is sustenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we humans have made much, much, much more of it, haven't we? And in, in light of that, does it appear that we've lost the point of food altogether? I asked that question. I, I would say in some ways, yeah, the way we're structuring uh, our food culture and the way we're producing food is essentially – taking people out of the process. And what I mean by that is the same way that we're feeding our animals, we're applying those same principles uh, to people. And I think in some ways we spend so much time and care in producing animals. I I met even a uh, beef producer just uh, over the weekend, Tim White. He's a producer here in central Kentucky. Backgrounds cattle has his own cow-calf operation. And he says, for a year, I look after these animals and I give them my best care uh, and I ship them off and, you know, they go to their feed yards and get processed and end up as hamburgers. And, and to me, what I was hearing was he takes so much care uh, of the animals and the food that we go to produce. Let's not just stumble right before the finish line when we eat it. You know, it, it gets processed, it gets packed, it gets shipped to the grocery store. And then what do we do from there? And, and it's, it's that little trigger moment at the end of what do we do in that final phase of eating it? 
that I think we need to keep focusing on how do we get that right. You know, that brings to mind uh, a pretty prevalent Native American tradition of honoring the meat that you're about to consume for that reason. Yeah. And, and that was that was always a big deal for me because uh, my family, I'm from central Kentucky, from Lexington actually, but my uh, mom's side of the family is from Rhode Island. And I remember when we'd go up there um, and they're, they're French Canadian, we eat these meat pies. Um, and for me, when we ate that, you know, it wasn't my particular culture in Kentucky, but it was you know, my mom's, it was my family's, it was our family's kind of culture and tradition. And I learned something and that it wasn't just uh, the food itself, but it was what surrounded it with our culture, our family. It's what brought us around the table. Um, and, and to me, more than more than anything, it signified that we were family when we ate that. And I think that's, again, when we go from this communal to individual culture, that's, that's lost. What would you say uh, is the upside to being honest with ourselves and recognizing current trends, which have taken us away from the family dinner table, being honest about it, recognizing recognizing it, what should we do about it? You know, I, so someone kind of once told me, you know, when you talk to people, you also learn how to talk to yourself. And I think there's a weird process that happens that when you go to the kitchen table, you, you, know, you kind of can't hide anymore. You know, you're sitting down, you know, there, there's no leaving. And I think, yeah, it allows us to learn how to engage with tension. I think that's you know, even within current political structure, current social structure. I think sometimes we, we pin ourselves in these sides on social media and we can kind of hide behind the walls of our screens. Uh, but when we bring it to a table, all of a sudden, you know, the tension, the ability to connect, all these things that are both difficult and good um, become opportunities. And I think that's that's what sometimes gets gets lost. And I think that's the, the opportunity that we can kind of recapture with food when we kind of bring it together. If you had to... Pin it down. What would you say about this work you most enjoy? So I think, you know, when I think about food, you know, at the end of the day, we think about kitchen tables. And for me, when I think about kitchen tables, I think about the people around kitchen tables. And for me, I'm passionate about people. Um, my grandfather raised beef cattle um, just outside of Danville in Houstonville, Kentucky. Um, and for me, working with all tech, being able to say, Hey, it's funny, my life, my life path took me a little bit different direction. I studied business. I studied economics. Um, but shoot, you know, I'm engaging in the world of agriculture. You know, I'm, I feel like in some ways I'm back in the, the family business and I'm really proud of that. I mean, it's, it, yeah, I, I love my family. And I think, you know, just as you get to engage uh, in a piece of something that your family has done forever, it makes you passionate, it makes you excited about it. And it makes you um, yeah, hopeful to do it better. You know, that's when we see these technologies and um, we see these opportunities, we know that, um, we can do it better. And, and I love seeing you know, the ability to use technology in a way that allows better food to be put on a table, that allows people to, to connect around that table. And, and for me, that's, that's amazing. Brian Lawless is Business Development Manager for Alltech North America. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To hear other conversations with many of the featured speakers at one, the Alltech Ideas Conference, visit ideas.alltech.com. Access is free after signing up. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. For show notes and more episodes, visit alltech.com forward slash agfuture. future.